0: Welcome to Transforming Experiences and Customer Success, formerly Strike Deck Radio. This is a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Medallia. Medallia's customer success automation platform helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. This podcast is also brought to you by the Success League, a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of the podcast, formerly known as Strike Deck Radio, and the founder and CEO of the Success League. This episode is the first under our new brand, Transforming Experiences, and I'm really excited about all that that means. I'm joined today by Emily Garza, an AVP of customer success for Fastly, and today we're going to be talking about how customer success leaders can build cross-functional relationships with other teams inside their companies. Emily, welcome to the podcast today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, and congratulations on the new brand. Thank you. (laughs) So, Emily, how did you land
0: in customer success in the first
1: place? What has been your career path? So, I started my career at AT AT&T, and I did a variety of sales, business development, and account management roles, and starting my career at AT AT&T really provided me that foundation of just understanding how a big company works and all of the various moving parts. Um, and through, you know, that experience, I was able to to move around uh, across the country and ended mm-hmm. up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And for anyone who lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, you uh, you can probably understand the allure of startup uh, world (laughs) once you get up here. Yeah. Um, So I made the transition uh, to move over to Fastly and I got the opportunity to start their sales enablement function and build that from the ground up. And it was really fun uh, getting a chance to kind of pivot a little bit, do more uh, training customer events enablement. But I started to realize that instead of having the coaching conversations with the sellers about the customer conversation, I really wanted to be the one back in the customer conversation. So as Fastly evolved and we got ready to launch customer success, I raised my hand and said I was really interested in, in jumping back over to that. So uh, I was kind of that first you know, CSM builder, and now we're a global team of about 30 people. That's amazing. Um, tell me a little bit more about customer success
0: at Fastly. You've got 30 people. What do they all do?
1: So we have a team structure that's really bo- broken into three different groups. Okay. We've got uh, key account management, which is really our most strategic, most complex customers. Uh, okay. You think about those customers that have you know, tons of different business units associated with them. We started that about a year and a half ago, um, and it's really that kind of think one to three, one to five max ratio, where it's a key account manager to number of customers. Mm-hmm. Then we have our, I'll say like our bread and butter, what we really started with our uh, enterprise customer success managers. And that's more on the one to twenty, one to twenty five range, and they're working mm-hmm. with some of our larger customers uh, as long as they meet kind of a certain spend threshold. And still a really a high touch environment, just not quite as um, high touch or complex as the key account managers. Okay. And then most recently, we just launched a tech touch initiative, so really focused on that SMB part of our market of where can we blend that digital experience with that human element as well. Mm-hmm. So from a customer success, those are. Uh, kind of the groups that are working most directly with our customers. And then we have some of the tangential uh, roles. So we have a CS ops uh, person who is an amazing support to our team, as well as a customer advocacy role, which really bridges customer success and marketing.
0: Got it. Okay, thanks. That that just kind of helps to provide some context for what we're going to talk about today. Um, and we're going to spend the rest of this conversation talking about cross-functional relationships. Um, so in light of that, why do you think that this topic is so important?
1: So I feel really strongly that customer success can't be owned by just one team.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> CSM
1: can, you know, you can drive and support and uh, be that voice of the customer, but really all the teams within a company need to be aware of their role and really bought in on how they can help and support. Uh, you're relying on teams, right? The, the CSM yeah. isn't going to go in and build that new feature functionality that the customer is asking for. Uh, so really making sure that everybody's kind of on the same page, operating off of the same sheet of music in terms of driving towards that ideal customer experience. And I think one of the ways where I see this breakdown is when no one does kind of that translation between teams. So we speak in CS jargon, finance speaks in finance jargon. So (laughs) we might be after the same thing, but we don't always say the same words. And so sometimes there's that missed connection.
0: Yeah, you know, um, this topic is near and dear to my heart, too. Um, And I I think yeah, the way I look at it, cs sits inside the middle of most organizations. I'd say of any team inside of a company, they engage most with the the most other teams. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you know, they're kind of like the hub of the wheel. And you know, if you're not good at cross-functional relationships, it damages your customer success organization in a lot of ways. It keeps you from getting resources. It keeps you from, you know, getting your customers the things that they need. So having um, good cross-functional relationships, I think is critical for everything you do in CS because you're so central.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So in your organization and, you know, in past roles as well, which teams in the company do you think it is most important for customer success team to build strong relationships with?
1: So I do think that every team needs to at least be somewhat customer aware. And I actually uh, read somewhere, I'm not sure what the company was, but part of their onboarding experience was actually asking every single person who started, uh, how is your role going to impact the end customer, which I just thought was super cool uh, to kind of plant that seed uh, starting, you know, day one, first week. But um, specifically for me and my team's focus, the three teams that, I like to build really strong relationships with, you know, outside of sales, which I think is kind of a given is marketing product and finance.
0: So you just mentioned the marketing team. And, and since the customer's first touch point with many companies is often through marketing, let's just start there. Why should customer success build a strong relationship with marketing? And how should they go about doing that?
1: Great question. And I think a lot of times when people think about marketing, it's that inner relationship between marketing and sales. But marketing can also benefit customer success and customer success can most definitely benefit marketing. So from a customer success perspective, some of the ways that we can help the marketing team is providing use cases um, and market stories. So helping to funnel and share those customer wins and Uh, industry trends, what we're hearing back from customers, why they bought, why they continue to stay with us. And that information can then get translated into brand campaigns or uh, Mm -hmm. other kind of outreach uh, back out to potential customers. And then I think from the marketing side, one way that they can really help the customer success team is by providing opportunities to actually showcase our customers. Uh, Giving them the platform to share their stories, uh, maybe help build either their personal brand or their company brand, um, Mm -hmm. you know, through press releases or use um, case studies or conference talks, um, just helping kind of give that platform. Um, The one thing that I would say is (laughs) between marketing and CS, there really needs to be this idea of collaboration because it's really easy to uh, create a lot of customer fatigue uh, if you don't yes. gain your asks. And it's something that we actually ran into and it was one of the things of the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. And you've got these really happy and willing customers to advocate for you, but they become slightly less happy and slightly less willing if you you know, ask them week over week without acknowledgement of all of the other asks that are currently going on. Right, uh, So we've been really lucky in uh, having a customer advocate role who's really that interplay between the customer success team and the marketing team and helping coordinate, you know, what are all of the various asks? What are the right customers for those asks, right? Um, should, we, should we save the big one, uh, you know, for later down the line with that customer and kind of playing, um, playing those off of each other and helping prioritize so that we don't uh, create customer fatigue?
0: That's great. I love the idea of that kind of a role. Um, I want to come back to customer stories because there's one thing that um, you didn't mention that I want to mention around that. And I think that, you know, when I think of customer stories, of course, like everybody else, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, that's so great for the sales team because they need that. But then, you know, we often forget we can use customer stories and customer success too. We can use them to um, help ourselves get expansion opportunities and, Get customers to better adopt whatever our solutions are. So, you know, for those of you who are listening, don't forget you can. Customer stories aren't just for sales; they're for you too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. It's so, a lot easier to let uh, other customers sell or expand your customers because it, it yeah. sounds more credible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about sales. So that one can be tough. Salespeople are kind of notorious for. Either throwing things over the fence at customer success or staying overly involved after the sale on the other end of the spectrum. Um, How do you build a relationship with your sales team that avoids those extremes and maximizes revenue at the same time?
1: I would agree. It is really tough. (laughs) Uh, it, It makes me think I don't know if this is real or not, but like there's this myth that, you know, pineapples. Are left at like someone's door if you've kind of overstayed your welcome. It's like the sign of okay, it's time to move on. And sometimes yeah. I wish we could give some of our sellers pineapples um, of like uh, yeah. hey, you've, <laughs> you've done your work, like let us take over here. <laughs> um, and two of the things that I have found to be successful in kind of creating this relationship and kind of handover first is aligning on goals in a model. So really understanding what is the sales model? Is it land and expand? Is it an upfront buy? And some of that will help dictate how long do they need to be involved? And, you know, what uh, what should we be preparing them for in terms of customer messaging of what their support interaction looks like after the sale? Um, and then you can, as you figure out where CS starts to become involved, really outline those clear roles and responsibilities Um, And then the second piece is actually gaining leadership buy-in, right? So making sure from a top-down approach that everyone understands, you know, this is the model that we're going to market with. This is how the transitions take place. Um, Because once you have that buy-in, then you have the ability for accountability. Um, If sales leadership isn't bought in, then you're going to consistently run into those Uh, exception accounts or, you know, one-offs of, oh, we'll just, you know, overlook at this time. And that starts to become really difficult and really also confusing for the customers. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. I'm excited to share a few great training options from the Success League. First, this year we introduced a new series called Customer Success Foundations. This three-class series is perfect for people who want to explore the field of customer success, learn about its history and the trends that are driving it forward, and understand the career paths ahead of them. This is a great option for new CSMs and those who are considering entering the field. Second, our CSM certification program is a comprehensive 15-class series that includes learning, discussion, exercises, tools, and models, and additional resources to help expand your knowledge of the field of customer success. Students can take individual classes or go for certification by taking the entire series and passing an assessment exam. And finally, our CS Leadership certification includes 12 classes that offer proven approaches to segmentation, journey mapping, digital customer success, staffing, compensation planning, goal setting, and more. This program is ideal for new CS leaders or experienced leaders coming from fields outside of customer success. All of our classes run at various times throughout the year, so you can jump in right away or wait until each series starts over again this September. For more information about any of our courses, please visit thesuccessleague.io. Transforming Experience is a new podcast series that focuses on enhancing experiences across Medallia's five strategic areas, customer experience, customer success, contact centers, digital, and employee experience. Transforming Experiences and Customer Success, formerly known as Strike Deck Radio, has reached its 100th episode milestone. Over the years, we have and will remain true to our mission, sharing firsthand knowledge of customer success best practices from some of the top experts in the field. Here's to 100 more episodes, and thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe. So, Emily, sometimes it seems like enhancement requests go into a black hole. And it can also feel like there is never a solid product roadmap. How do you develop a relationship of trust with your product team?
1: I feel like the relationship between product and customer success is really the litmus test of how you've done in positioning your organization. Yeah, uh, there's It's just one of those really crucial relationships that you have to nail, you have to get right, because you continue to get so much feedback from customers about, you know, the product roadmap and uh, existing products and everything else that that relationship um, is probably one of the first ones that you need to focus on. Yeah. Um, And I would say from a CS perspective, as you're getting this customer feedback, you, uh, you want to champion it, right? You want to be that voice of the customer and share internally. But from my experience, uh, if you do that a little too enthusiastically, <laughs> um, it can also sound like you're never satisfied or you always want yeah. more. Um, and you know, even to the point where uh, I got feedback from someone on our product team of, you know, hey, now that we do this call and there's more of you than there are of us, um, and you're supporting more customers, it kind of feels like we're just always getting beat up. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was yeah. really eye opening for me uh, because it was the goal was to create visibility and provide that insight, but, uh, it wasn't the right structure or we had outgrown the structure. Um, so I think, you know, two of the things that I now really try and keep in mind is being able to summarize the asks and input. So at the beginning, uh, everybody kind of knew all of our customers and there was that level of familiarity. So you could say, Hey, customer X wants this and kind of here's why, but you didn't really need to go into too much detail Um, And now being really thoughtful about saying, you know, 10 customers want this and here's the revenue impact, um, you know, either new sales potential if we unlock it or, you know, minimizing churn, um, you know, customers might leave if we don't do this. Uh, Being able to really kind of summarize those asks and what the impact is, I think is Mm -hmm. super helpful um, as we kind of look at a larger group of customers and then I think the other one that sometimes gets forgotten is just remembering to close the loop and thank the product team. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> like it's yeah. not just on to the next one, but it's really like, hey, you brought this feature or product to market. All these customers were asking about it, and here's their feedback. Here's how they're using it. Here's you know the business impact that they've been able to get because of it. Um, I feel like that's really motivating to both the product and engineering org, um, of actually Mm -hmm. seeing all of that work come to fruition and the impact that they've been able to make.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, it's, it's easy to forget, but, you know, those of us in customer facing roles often have, you know, bonuses based on what, you know, what we do in terms of performance or selling or renewing or whatever those folks often have a stake in the company and that's mm. really their variable. And, um, you know, the, it matters to them how, how the company is doing and how customers are receiving their solutions that they've created. And so, yeah, saying thank you. And then also telling them how great it's going, um, is so important, I think.
1: Yeah. And it's that pride of work, right? They've yeah. spent weeks, months, maybe even years in, scoping the product, testing it, developing it, you know, going through all these steps that it's kind of their baby. Um, And so it's always nice to close the loop and hear the feedback that all of that hard work hasn't gone unnoticed. Right. Yeah. So
0: another relationship that is often somewhat strained is the relationship with the finance team. How do you make sure that, you know, you have a good relationship so that you have the budget you need to run your team.
1: Yeah. Finance is oftentimes (laughs) seen as the bad guy. Um, Yeah, And a lot of times it's because they've got to say no, right? They've got to keep us within budget or uh, make sure that, you know, when we're going through a renewal, we're not doing a crazy write down or, you know, whatever else it is. They, they kind of help balance out all of the asks. And I think that's one piece of it is really keeping perspective. So think about all the asks that you're going to finance with, right? Uh, more headcount, uh, money for tooling, everything else. They're getting that from every team, not just your team. Uh, right. So it starts It starts to add up. Um, and so just keeping perspective that, you know, a lot of it is uh, a balance, right? They have to make prioritization decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I think in order to help support that, you really need to understand, you know, what what they care about and help talk in their language. So really understanding, you know, how is the CS team driving revenue? Um, yeah. It might be overtly right by expansion or renewal opportunities and things like that. Uh, it might be less overtly, but still really helpful in focusing on onboarding or training and enablement, getting customers stickier or mm-hmm. to ROI faster. Uh, but being able to really articulate how you're impacting the customer's bottom line or your company's bottom line yeah, um, and really understanding like what metrics finance is driving towards. Yeah. One of the things that I've been so incredibly lucky with is the finance team at Fastly has been extremely willing to sit down and answer questions. Um, and so just going in and being curious to say, what metrics do you care about? You know, when you report things out, what are you looking at? Um, you know, what what's a good answer? Um, you know, how, how do you want to yeah. be involved? Uh, just kind of asking all of those questions so that I understand where their focus is, right? And as a young company, they might be prioritizing revenue over, you know, a lot of other things. But maybe as your company's evolving, margin starts to become equally as important right. as revenue. And right. you're not going to know that unless you have the conversation.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely critical as CS professionals that we understand our company's business model,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: because that has a direct impact on how we um, position our solutions to our customers. Um, and it, as a leader, it's how you can you know, instead of going in and sort of waving your arms and saying, I need another CSM, you can go in and say, hey, here's how I can drive towards some of the objectives in our business model if I have another CSM. And that is a completely different conversation, um, one that is about business and trade-offs versus emotion and passion. And finance people appreciate the Business case, <laughs> yeah. a lot more than the the emotion and passion. So, um, you know, you need to be able to go in and and pitch what it is you're trying to do, and the only way you can do that is if you understand your own
1: business model. Absolutely, I think one of the meetings where I've seen my finance team most excited is when I booked time with them and really asked, "Walk me through how we make money as a company. Uh, yeah. Let me understand that so I can." Then determine how my team help dr- helps drive that right, and yeah. then to your point, instead of saying, "Hey, we just want one more headcount," it's really being able to position it of you know, "Hey, this headcount allows us to maybe cover more customers, or uh, you know, bring in this more revenue." Or then you can yep. start to tie um, everything else. But uh, yeah, I think that core understanding of you know how does your business actually make money? What are those levers? Uh, is so critical.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you've been answering all my questions, it, you know, one thing I'm noticing is that sharing data seems to be at the heart of a lot of your answers. How do you think about data sharing across teams?
1: Oh, I wish it was a simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it comes down to evolution, right? As, okay. uh, as you're kind of early on, you've got fewer accounts, it's easier to keep track of, you um, you tend to talk about all the big accounts and everybody kind of knows what the status is and, you know, is plugged in to help. But then as you grow, you've got to figure out how to scale some of that visibility. So some of the things that we've done, um, you know, is different meetings or dashboards. So we have an operations meeting uh, where it's a really big cross-functional slice of our company and different groups uh, provide updates um, that would be relevant, you know, overall of kind of the state of our company and customers. And for my team specifically, we look at this is a chance for us to highlight uh, risks or areas that we need help. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, product uh, feature functionality that, you know, if we don't get a customer might be um, a chance to churn or Mm -hmm. um, something like that. Um, then we have uh, you know, our, our sync meetings with various st- stakeholders, so uh, with marketing or with product, uh, making sure that uh, we've got that visibility and connection set up um, as well. And then I think from a dashboarding standpoint, this is what we're in progress of working towards, but really providing that visibility where you don't have to have a meeting, right? People have that information that's a little bit more self-service. Uh, they can access it when they need it. So we have things like an executive scorecard where we'll show uh, a snapshot of you know information coming out of our CS tool, uh, highlighting you know kind of the highlights, the lowlights, yeah. But also framing uh, specific asks or meeting opportunities, right? How can we leverage the executive team? So I think, you know, as you continue to grow, being able to leverage the documentation and technology you have in place is uh, so incredibly helpful because it becomes too many accounts to to manually update or uh, Mm -hmm. assume that everybody knows about.
0: Yeah. If you were a new leader and you were looking for ways to develop stronger cross-functional relationships, where would
1: you start? I think two things first being looking at self and second being looking at others. Okay. So when I say looking at self, really understanding the YCS, why, why do you have okay. customer success in your organization? What is it supposed to be focused on? Uh, is it kind of that onboarding? Is it uh, training and enablement focused on renewals, retention, growth? Um, you know, there's a couple Kind of key buckets, uh, but being really clear on this is why our team was established, and these are yeah. uh, the key activities and metrics we should be driving out of that. And then looking at others is, you know, knowing yourself, how does that impact the other teams, and being able to understand what they care about, being able to translate things back into their language. And I think from my perspective, in building out customer success when a lot of these other teams were already formed, it was, you know, how can, how can I help you before I ask you to help me? So, you know, how can I share various insights or data or summarized customer information with you that you, I know you care about. Um, And then, you know, of course it's, it's gotta be a two way street. So then that, you know, helping you then gives me the ability to, to ask for, you know whatever I might need to best support the customers, but really creating that open dialogue and yeah. you know not just making it the customer success ask train, but yeah. uh, really that <laughs> that collaboration back and forth where both teams are are getting benefits.
0: Yeah, I mean it used to be you know my advice would be you know just take them out for coffee and do kind of what you did with your finance team, go in and just ask about their world. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's a little tough now because we can't just go grab (laughs) coffee with each other like we used to. But um, I mean, you could do you could do that virtually and and, you know, ask a lot of questions about what the other group is doing and what they care about. And I think you can learn a lot that way. And it is very flattering for the other person to kind of, you know, have a chance to share what they do every day, the thing that they're most expert at. (laughs) And people like to do that. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. And if you position it as a interest in learning so that you can best help and support them and yeah, and if that's authentic um yeah, <laughs> then it comes through right, and people are so willing to uh share that information and uh it it's fun to talk about what you do day in and day out, right that's yeah that's your focus um so giving them the platform to do that I agree is is helpful,
0: yeah. So last question, and this is one that we ask all of our guests, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success today and why?
1: So I think I have seen, especially over the last uh, six months or so, tons of talk around CS Ops and Mm -hmm. launching TechTouch. I think that those are huge conversations right now uh, that I'm really excited to see. But I would say my answer is a little bit more around this idea of driving towards value. Mm -hmm. So I think in the past, we could maybe get away with this idea of, you know, hey, we have a cadence meeting on the books um, or, you know, just kind of going through that status quo. And I think as everyone shifted to work from home during the pandemic, people who were already busy became even more busy because everything required a meeting, right? Right. You couldn't just catch up with someone, you know, walking between conference rooms or something like that. And so calendars got even more crazy and, you know, people have got to protect their space, protect their time. Um, And so, you know, if a meeting or interaction is not going to be valuable, that's where you started to see customers uh, back away from some interactions with uh, CSMs or other, you know, other people were they just didn't see that as good time spent for them. Yeah. So I think there's really going to be this continued focus of how do you provide valuable insight? Uh, valuable insight is not going into your UI and screenshotting something <laughs> that they can see themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so really thinking about, you know, how do you tell the story? How do you give them uh, insight into things that they might not be able to see themselves? And, uh, maybe that's, you know, internal data that you have access to. Maybe that's making customer connections, right, of introducing yeah. them to another similar customer so they can share use cases directly, right? It doesn't. The information doesn't always have to come just from the CSM.
0: No, and I think it's almost more valuable when it doesn't um, mm-hmm. because it shouldn't really be about your product. It should be about the customer's business, yes. and uh, that's where the value comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Emily, thanks so much for joining me for the inaugural episode of Transforming Experiences and Customer Success. Uh, This topic, I think, is such an important one for customer success leaders. And I know our audience appreciated your advice and examples. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be in customer success and just see the community's willingness to share and learn and continue to embrace us all getting better. So thank you so much.
0: If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Probably LinkedIn. Uh, Okay. I tried to be a relatively frequent poster there, and actually earlier this year, uh, similar to many people who have found some extra time on their hands uh, (laughs) during the shutdown, I've actually launched a website, valuecswithemily.com, Okay. And really that whole focus of how do we provide valuable insight back to customers, really been focusing around that and just sharing the learnings as, as I get them. That's great.
0: Thank you. I also want to thank our sponsors, Medallia and the Success League. To learn more about Medallia's customer success solution, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow strikedeck on LinkedIn or at strikedeck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time.